Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up on this Wednesday, April 20th. I'm not going to make any more references to that the rest of the episode, I promise. <laughs> yeah, um, you get it everywhere else. Yeah, and well, I'm also not going to get us in trouble. Caleb Johnson in with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe, uh, what's going on and, and what's been, I guess, an interesting week? You know, it's, there's no storylines, are there? Yeah, nothing's going on. I think we can just wrap this thing up, Caleb. We'll talk to you guys next week. No, I'm just kidding, of course. By the way, speaking of that, this will most likely be our new normal recording time. We're obviously recording this one on Wednesday afternoon. We're going to try to bring these podcasts to you in the middle of the week. We know there's a lot of already existing podcasts that come out on Mondays, and we figured that, you know, it might be better to kind of catch people in the middle of the week, especially after, you know, an early week series wraps up, kind of like the situation we're in now with the Dodgers series kind of wrapping up, and we can kind of look back at some of that. So uh, just a little notice out to our listeners about that. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's actually been a pretty exciting week i think for the braves and kind of a a sneaky good week there's been kind of some bad vibes i've been i've been noticing on twitter and things like that but you know the braves if they they've got charlie morton going up today against tony gonsolin if they win that game they end this west coast road trip against two solid teams with a winning record and a winning series over the dodgers i mean i think that that's pretty good so i think it's been a pretty exciting week for the braves yeah it's one that i think people see the record currently sitting at six and seven you're coming off the World Series, and oh no, you know, the Mets are playing really good, and uh, full-time panic, essentially, <laughs> uh, especially when you break down some of the individual things that we've seen. There is, there's definitely some cause for concern. However, you're right, is that we've made it through a series playing the Padres and the Dodgers, two teams that we fully expect to be at the top. Uh, of the National League, and like you said, with a win, we come away with a winning record from this series. Um, I think it's <laughs> we are at the point of we need to be concerned about things, but not necessarily like sounding the alarm. Um, and then there's also some things that early on we can be really excited for. I, I think the the one that jumps off. Right off the bat to me, Joe, is Max Freed. After two starts of kind of going, uh, what are we going to get? You, you, you get a guy who, um, if not for our, our head of digital at 92.9, Knox Bardeen, 
jinxing Max Reed. <laughs> that's, that's, totally, right, that's right. I'm totally putting this on on Knox. I'm kidding. But uh, uh, <laughs> so Max obviously you know was headed towards a perfect game. It gets broken up in the sixth inning. Um, still goes seven innings of without right. allowing a run. Eight strikeouts. I think was it was the big thing for me. I mean, still, that's like so much fun to watch Max Freed when he's dealing like that. He's the one pitcher I would say on this staff, just because of his stuff. I guess that is just like he's really fun to watch when it, when he's when he's dealing like that. When he has all of his pitches working, and especially you know he's feeling it when he starts dropping sliders and curveballs in for strike one against hitters. That's when you know that he's got these guys totally bamboozled. And it, obviously a lot of it rests on the fastball just when he's able to locate it consistently for strikes and and being able to, you know, have the velocity on it like he did last night where he's able to blow it by guys to the point where they're sitting red and he's dropping in the curveball for strike one. I mean, that's just that's just beautiful to see from Max Fried. And it's good to see because I don't know if we've seen him be that sharp, even though he's pitched well in these first couple games and been hard done by on the top of his line. Uh, you know, just to see him in the form he was in last night was really encouraging. Hopefully it's a confidence builder for him as he kind of is, you know, building up and gear, gearing up for the season ahead. And hopefully he can maintain some modicum of that throughout, you know, his next handful of starts I will point out he is particularly good his just in his career when he has the extra day rest so I think the Braves going with this six-man rotation is really helping him and I think that maybe what we saw last night is partly evident because of um, the Braves giving him a proper amount of rest Uh, obviously he won't be getting it throughout the entire season but in this early portion of the season for him to be getting the right amount of rest or or a solid amount of rest to be able to perform like that is is huge so it was just really fun I mean I was just like enjoying it so much I was not so concerned about the perfect game as much as I was just enjoying watching him pitch yeah well I I think it was it was dominant like he looked dominant out there something that his catcher Travis Darno said after the game was the fact that he had all five of his pitches working for him and that's it, it at least seemed from the way that Travis was talking. And I mean, just from from seeing his stat lines, the way that that these games have gone for him, that hasn't been the case for him this season is mm-hmm. that everything was working. Uh, Travis also said something really interesting at the fact that maybe Max Freed used the Dodgers as a team as kind of uh, there was a little something extra there. Like, he was playing some of the best in all of baseball and specifically in the National League. And so he felt he had to bring his best. That concerns me in a way that is kind of like uh, <laughs> that there's another team in the city that struggles with playing <laughs> down to competition and playing up to better competition in the Atlanta Hawks. It's one that, that, that gets a lot of, of talk. So I don't like hearing... Uh, a guy and and Travis was trying to use it I think in a positive light as in like yeah you know it's the Dodgers you know we're here in LA Max really knew he had to bring it and I'm kind of going no 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 no. I I want him to do that every start uh and I also get concerned Joe at what you were talking about which is the fact of he is looking better on an extra day of rest and that's not what he's going to get all season. And it actually, like, we're, we're, we're reaching a point right now based on some moves that have been made where I don't know 
if that extends beyond currently. Uh, and so, but he's also, he's also, yeah. you know, in the World Series, thrown on three days rest and won a World Series in game six. You know, right. so it's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. okay. Um, I'm just like, I'm not willing to hit the panic button on him. There is just things that concern oh. me. And I'm trying to figure out mainly if last night is an outlier or if it's right. the thing that we can go to expect. That's what I was going to say. With all these guys, whether it's they're playing really well, like Max Fried, the way he pitched last night, Marcelo Zuna, the way he's been hitting the ball, you know, or whatever, or players who are performing poorly, that's what we have to watch out for is the fact that these are still just tiny fragments of the season. And if Max Fried, well, maybe the p- a pitcher isn't the best uh, uh, kind of example of this, but if, if somebody goes on a hot stretch for 11 games in June... It's fodder for our podcast and things, but it, we're, people aren't extrapolating that out as being like, oh, well, like this is what he's going to be for from here on out, that kind of thing. You know, it's just players go through hot streaks, cold streaks. And uh, I think we have to kind of keep that in mind at this point in the season that sometimes we're just seeing, you know, somebody go through something that, you know, they might lose it at some point. But um, we just have to kind of, I think, be measured in our what we're extrapolating from some of these performances. So I'm with you. It's like, you know, it's great to see from Freed, but, um, you know, there's a lot of the season left. That's why I'm just kind of at the point of, I'm just thinking, I just love and I just, yeah. just enjoy watching that, you know, because it's just fun to watch him deal. And I think the big thing for me about last night's performance was I wasn't surprised. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like nothing about that was like, whoa, I didn't know he had this in him. Right. Like, no, I absolutely knew. I, I know he does. Uh, it just hadn't shown itself until this point. And so you're right. Maybe we should do more of just enjoying the moment sort of thing and and, and wonder like, hey, maybe he can do this or uh, maybe he comes a little bit more down to earth in his in his next few starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, you know, something this isn't really pertinent to Max Freed specifically, but something you were kind of touching on earlier in terms of the magnitude of the games, uh, you know, I think it was something that Kelly Krull, uh from the Bally broadcast was talking about with Kenley Jansen after the game, talking about how it felt like a playoff game. You know, maybe it's probably not a playoff game exactly, yeah. but it was, but it was a higher intensity, I'm sure. And I think it's good for the Braves to play these kinds of games now, where, you know, I was at all those home games for the opening homestand and with all the celebrations about the world series and everything and people coming to get the rings and the, see the ceremonies and it was getting to be a lot. And we talked about it that yeah, I'm sure our listeners have heard, you know, the sound bites of Braves players and Brian Snicker talking about that kind of thing. And I think that this series in particular against the Dodgers is, is a really nice one in terms of it just allows these guys to put their nose to the grindstone and just play baseball, you know, play baseball at a high level and they're not thinking about anything else, really. And so I, I hope that this series in general can get the team into like a kind of a flow state almost in terms of the rhythm they go about their season. And I think that I hope that Max Fried is kind of an example uh, of them getting into that kind of in, into that kind of form. OK, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, part of why I mentioned earlier that I don't know how often Max Freed is going to get that sixth day of rest is because... The Braves are trying to figure out what they're doing with the rotation. They had to make a tough decision this week that maybe wasn't so tough. Um, well, I think one was easier to make than the other. Uh, Was <laughs> Noah, after his poor start in in the first Dodger game, which I was really scratching my head at, but Waskari uh, Noah is sent down to Gwinnett, and then Sean Newcomb is designated for assignment. Um, because, well, we, we got the same old Sean Newcomb yes. that we've been getting for a while. Uh, a guy who, you know, I saw someone tweet out the other day, like, maybe it wasn't a good idea to put a guy on the opening day roster just because he didn't have options. You know, like, like yeah. that's never a real good recipe for success. And so, yeah. It's uh I would say though it's like he didn't he was on the opening day roster because he didn't have options but I don't think they kept him up any longer nope. than they than they would have. I mean they basically treated him like he did have options and as soon as he wasn't helping the team um that was the end of the line for for Nuke. And I I I honestly I I I could kind of see it coming after Brian Snicker was just livid with not so much the double that he gave up to Trey Turner in that game that cleared the bases when you know with but it was the the four pitch walk to Freddie Freeman the batter before when he came into the game mm-hmm. to load the bases I, that is what drives Brian Snicker up a freaking wall and frankly the rest of us yeah <laughs> watching Sean Newcomb and I was just looking at uh, some of his stats yesterday he has. 213 walks in 383 innings in his Braves career. That is that is abysmal. That is uh, not major league caliber. And until he figures that out, he will not be helping any team um, in the major leagues. And we'll see if somebody picks him up. Uh, obviously, every team now has an opportunity to do so. I think we were texting a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, and we disagreed a little bit. But, I mean, I think that you're he very well could not get picked up. I mean, why would you when you see these numbers? But I just happen to think that 
some team will be smitten by his, you know, his measurables. The the he's six five, yeah. lefty, first round pick. You know, he'll oh well, we'll be the change of scenery for him. So, uh, but clearly he wasn't getting it done with the Braves. Well, that was yeah. I I think just I don't know. Maybe it was frustration for me that that I sent you that text of like I I even tweeted out like he could very well end up back on Gwinnett because no one picks him up. Somebody's gonna pick him up. I get it because of that very thing. You know the 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 measurables that you just listed and the fact that he was a first round pick. Uh, it's kind of like a like a first round quarterback uh, where you know he'll end up landing with another team just because someone's like I can fix him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I actually I put his name in Twitter the day that he was designated, and I saw Angels beat writers who were like, Hey. You know, this guy, Sean Newcomb, <laughs> that we traded back in 2014, he's available now. 6'5". <laughs> you know, he was our first-round pick. And I was like, oh, man, people are really doing it. Like, like they're, they're, yeah. they're tricking themselves. And it's, I mean, it's fine. You know, it, it, talking themselves into it. I, yeah. I get it. Uh, however, I just I don't think it's going to work out. You, he's going to be 29 in June. That's crazy to me. Yeah. To me, for some reason, I guess maybe because of his poor performance, he still seems young. But like, man, he's he's not young. No. Like he needs to figure it out for his own for his own career. I certainly hope he wherever he goes. I mean, I hope that he kills it, and he very well may. Um, you know, hell, Tyler Matzik was kind of in that situation. Uh, the he couldn't find the strike zone, had the yips, almost fell out of baseball altogether. He was a former first round pick with all the measurables and all that. Brave sign him. Everything turns around for him. So maybe something like that can happen for Sean Newcomb. I hope it does, but um clearly it wasn't going anywhere here. And I think it was the proper move. I think a lot of fans are probably honestly relieved to see this happen, knowing we they won't be put through this experience again of seeing the Braves just try to get him going. Yeah. Uh the thing that wasn't the proper move <laughs> um was, at least in my opinion, the game that he entered, uh, the situation mm. that he entered, yeah. the fact that it was a one-run yeah. game, a uh, very winnable game that feels like it really it got out of hand at that point. Um, and then Waskari Noah, um, a guy who, I mean, this was the, the hot shot, the guy that was in the bullpen, became a starter, and was just like, you can't, you can't turn away from what this guy's got. Uh, he breaks his hand last year, and I mean, has it turned around from hit for him yet? Like that, that's, uh, has he had a, a good start, a quality start since he broke his hand? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look at his pitching log. I don't know. I don't know if he has honestly, but it's not been good this I'm... year. Yeah. Oh no, no. I mean, through two starts, it was not good. Let me, I'll, I'll put my cards on the table here and say I'm still quite high on Waskar Yanoa. I know he's been through his struggles, obviously, especially since coming back from this hand injury or maybe kind of not coming back from it yet. Um, To me, though, there's something to be encouraged about with his stuff. When you see him out there, he's throwing 98 miles an hour um, and the the slider looks sharp. He's also trying to mix in a changeup now and trying to develop a changeup to really make him even, even more... Um, sustainable starting pitcher to to integrate that changeup in, but the release point is just all over the place. It looks like, and there's just way too many uncompetitive pitches. And that's when you compare 
a start like, well, when you compare a start like Enoas to a start like Max Freed's, there's lots of differences. But the big one to me, the kind of overarching one, is that when Max Freed's like that, he's not wasting a single pitch. Like, even balls are swingable or setting up a batter or something. There's like maybe three, like, just spiked balls that are just non-competitive, as opposed to guys like Sean Newcomb and what we've seen from Waskar Yanoa more recently, where it's just way too many uncompetitive pitches to the point where batters can start to get ahead in counts and then sit on fastballs because they know it's the only thing he can throw for a strike. And then that's where I think he starts to get into a little bit of trouble. But I'm actually encouraged by the fact that he was optioned to Gwinnett because I think that he needs to work on that delivery. He needs to find that consistent release point. And that's a perfect, pl- and Gwinnett's a perfect place to do that. I think that if and when he can find that consistency with the mechanics and the release point, I very well think he could be back to a similar type of pitcher that he was when he was on track to be an all star before he suffered that injury. I just think that because the stuff is there, I just think that he definitely, you know, needs to work on some things. And I would also just say that people should remember that he is one of the younger pitchers among these young pitchers on the Braves, you know, in contention for the rotation. He's younger than Tukey, younger than Kyle Wright, younger than Tucker Davidson. I think he's younger than Kyle Muller. I mean, he's 23 years old. So um, be patient with the guy. I know that there's been a lot of expectations on him because of that great start that he had last year. But um, I think this is fine. This is a total kind of normal part of the development process for Waskar Yanoa. And hopefully he goes down there and works on some things and improves and is able to come back because he's going to, he is going to get uh, more opportunities to be a big part of this rotation later on this season. I think my issue with what happened with Waskar Yanoa this season, at least to this point, is that assumptions were just made about him or, or you know, in, in the fact yep. that. He was a starter last year, okay? When he came into spring this year, I didn't... I don't want it to be assumed that he was just a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was kind of being anointed, right? Yeah, it, it was almost like it It wasn't even being questioned. And my thought was, well, based on how the end of last year went for him, nothing should be assumed with him. And and to the fact that he is so young, um, I want him... Coming back, the next time I see Waskari Noah in, in up with a big league club, I want him as a reliever. I don't want him as a starter. Um, mm. I'm actually kind of, I, I guess I'm surprised that he was optioned down to Gwinnett only because it seems to show me that they expect that that's a move for him to go work on starting with Gwinnett, uh, you know, with just lesser competition and figuring himself out. And I'm kind of like, no, we've seen enough this year from Waskar Inoa and Spencer Strider that those guys should swap. Like, that there shouldn't be. And I know what's about to happen because of the moves that they made. They brought up Tuki Toussaint and they brought up Spencer, uh, or excuse me, uh, Dylan Lee. Tuki Toussaint's about to start in Waskar Inoa's spot. Mm-hmm. That annoys me because I don't <laughs> think it's the right move. And this is nothing against Tuki. Um, I think Tuki's kind of a guy that maybe hasn't quite figured it out yet. Uh, I don't know what he's been doing in Gwinnett. Uh, and I know I know what my own two eyes have seen from Spencer Strider. I know he's stretched out, and I'm kind of like, what are... It's, it's almost like we're, we're working based on, like, seniority. Um, and why are we doing that? I, I, don't, I don't understand that. I, I don't want to see that. And that's 
been my frustration with what I saw at Waskar Noah. I thought I w- after his first start, there should have been some major red flags and questions raised about him. Um, and then the fact that I understand the process, the thought process, but then I also don't understand it where Brian Snicker wanted to give Waskar Noah an extra day of rest. So he swapped, um, you know, the starts, mm-hmm. but he also moved elder. Up. Yeah. But because because you and I, you know, I, I got on here last week talking about I don't know that I really want Bryce Elder going up, you know, making his second start against the Dodgers. That's a lot of pressure seeing Freddie Freeman for the first time. However, based on what Bryce Elder did, I'd have much rather seen him go up against the Dodgers for the first time that the Braves are seeing him with Freddie Freeman. Like those sorts of things you have to take into account. And so the fact mm-hmm. that it was just like, well, Waskari needs an extra day of rest. Doesn't matter that that happens to line up with the first game of the Dodgers. Doesn't matter that that happens the first time you're going to see Freddie Freeman. Then, of course, and you yeah. know, and we get our Hollywood so, story. The the interesting thing about this one, Caleb, is that I don't think that they wanted to, they they did the swap to necessarily give you know the rest. It was more they wanted to give him the extra day to work on this delivery issue that he's been having that's affecting his, his release point. And I think that that's the why he's been, that's the reason why he's been optioned because there, I, again, this is just kind of me taking, you know, extrapolating ideas from what has been said by Brian Snicker. But, you know, I I think they want him to go down there and work. And that's why they don't transition him to the bullpen is because they don't even feel confident in him right now to bring him out of the bullpen and, you know, with confidence that he's not going to come out and, like, walk a couple guys and, and get himself into a jam. I think they want him to just go down and work on some of those fundamentals. So that's why I think um, – well, that's – he was definitely – that's the reason why they swapped yeah. him to to give him that extra day to, to just to, to work on some things. Um, and I think that that's why it's a, the proper move to option him so he doesn't have the pressure of trying to perform at this level. Well, but you talk about pressure to perform, the extra day – to work on something then lined up with playing the Dodgers. Like that was, I think that was my issue is, is that, yeah, yeah. is that was just like, if you were going to, I, I don't know. I, I know that they wanted to see him one more time before they made a decision to send him down to Gwinnett. It just felt like you went from, Oh, he needs to work on a couple of things. Go face the Dodgers. <laughs> like go face Freddie <laughs> right. Freeman yeah, for the now first go time do it against a guy with an all-star batting ninth. Yeah. <laughs> and Will Smith. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, it just, it, it felt like that's, it, it, it kind of takes me into the next thought that I had about some of the things going on uh, earlier in the season, which is, um, I, I'm curious what you think, Joe, of when can we question Brian Snicker? Um, I am one who believes right out of the gate. Um, you know, I get it. The guy was the manager uh, who led this team to a World Series a year ago. That's great. Woohoo. Um, if this was Alabama football or Georgia football and Kirby Smart or Nick Saban started off the season losing their first game or losing their first two games, those fans would be going berserk on some, we have got to fix this. You know, something's got to change immediately. And yet I see a lot of, uh, specifically on Twitter, uh, people coming to the defense of Brian Sticker saying it's earlier in the season, you can't be so worried about this stuff. And then other people who are essentially like, oh, the Braves are going to miss the playoffs. You know, I mean, they've completely screwed themselves. 
uh, because mm-hmm. of the decisions of Brian Sticker. I just I, I don't know where do you lie in in how to question or do we question Brian Snicker's uh, managerial decisions early in the year? I mean, I think there's certainly always reason to question a manager's decisions. And I certainly disagree with some of the things that have been happening um, in terms of just like, yeah, managerial decisions, tactical, strategic decisions that have been made. Um, But at the same time, I, you know, I try to kind of couch that in the understanding that it is a long season and, you know, it's a big difference between getting off to the start that the Braves have so far and like losing your first two games of a football season where that's like a larger, much larger percentage of the totality of this, of the season. Um, and you know, just with Brian Snicker in general, it's never been his strong suit in terms of, well, I, even that sounds like I'm, um, critic like being overly <laughs> yeah. critical about him, but like, like he's, I'm Brian Snicker's forgotten more about baseball than I'll ever know. So I like, I, I don't want to sound like a smart ass here, but I mean, I think that there's obvious things that we can question. One of them is, Orlando Arcia has been DHing instead of playing left field, which we now know he can play in left field because he's been playing there against the Dodgers. Uh, I don't think he just learned how to do it. Nope. I think he's probably been able to play left field all year long, but instead he had been DHing for a while. While Marcelo Zuna out there, the poor guy can hardly throw a baseball. He looks like my he looks like my dad throwing the ball, who's had like a million <laughs> surgeries and can hardly move his right arm. Like he has to like torque his whole body and like kind of fling his armor it like looks painful and awkward and teams can it's you know it's obviously contributing to this terrible Braves outfield defense that we've seen so far this season yeah the the Marcelo Zuna thing was always interesting because when we all first saw it first off Orlando Arcia being a designated hitter I mean he was hitting ninth you never want your DH hitting ninth (laughs) if you if you don't have any more faith than him then he shouldn't be your designated hitter. Yeah. And so, thankfully, I mean, Marcel was stu- still, he was terrible out in the field, and you're, uh, you're right, a liability. Uh, I think we forgot that. I think him not playing last season, and then in the 2020 shortened season, only having to do it a handful of times, that we were all kind of like, ah, it's, it's fine, we'll, we'll manage. We only got to get through a month. Um, it's not that bad. Yeah. Because the whole idea is, yeah, well, you know, Acuna gets back and they'll reshuffle this thing around. Um, I may have literally said that when you just said a month ago. Well, it's because I, I, I literally, I think we forgot, and then specifically, <laughs> I definitely forgot. I was gonna say specifically, opening day was for me <laughs> yeah, when I was just that like, was the reminder. Oh, oh, that was not that <laughs> yeah. was not good. Oh, oh. Every, everyone goes. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then I think, what have we done? Yeah, but that but that goes into questioning Brian Stickers because then they kept trotting him out there, and then we've seen in this Dodger series, oh Orlando Arcia playing out in the field, it's not perfect. Uh, it's still an upgrade from Marcelo Zuna, and Marcelo Zuna is continuing to rake. Um, yeah. so leave it there, you know, like like don't. It feels like don't overthink these sorts of things. Um especially because you might have to start overthinking or not really overthinking. You might have to start thinking strongly about what you're going to do with your other outfielders uh, as Alex Dickerson and as Eddie Rosario continue to uh, Ooh, boy. S- struggle would be putting it lightly. 
thank goodness at least Eddie's starting to hit the ball a little bit harder these last couple games. But man, it's been bad. Part of me, like Alex Dickerson, he was legitimately hard done by early in the season, but that's since trailed off a little bit. Um, He was hitting the ball hard. At one point, he was leading the team in average exit velocity like through about a week, I think. I think through like through the opening homestand. Now, Marcelo Zuna's blowing him out of the water. I think Marcelo Zuna might be leading the league in uh, average exit velocity, or if not, he's close to it. Um, But yeah, it's been like really rough seeing those guys. And something that I heard somebody mention earlier today actually was, uh, you know, it can't be easy for them also this early in the season to like see those numbers reflected on the scoreboard and stuff. Like every time they come up and it's like, you're hitting zero something, you know, it's not like they're hitting a, a tough stretch in the middle of the season where they've already accumulated a bunch of stats where they didn't have to stare at exactly how bad they've been. And I do wonder if that may like just compound some of the difficulty, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not been good. Um, Caleb there, speaking of Brian, Brian Snickers, um, managerial, missteps i guess we could say <laughs> yeah. you mentioned it earlier bringing Newcomb into that game with one run or i'm sorry with uh you know obviously in a in a jam with two on facing freddie freeman in a tight game a, a game that you still at that point had a you know you were obviously very well in in what was it the fourth inning that he came in I and so, uh, yeah. i think more so we don't need necessarily need to talk necessarily about well maybe we could about Newcomb coming into the situation in general, but I think it's more about Brian Snickers' overall philosophy on bullpen management and the fact that he does not seem willing to bring in, you know, his top guns in a situation that is extremely crucial, like this one was, be solely because it happens at a certain point in the game, at which point Brian Snicker does not want to bring in tip certain relievers. Yeah. I think it was funny. I don't know if you, uh, well, you probably would have heard the exchange with Dave O'Brien when, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, you know, <laughs> it was, Smith's talking. It's a little tense. Yeah, but it was like I was like, thank you, like, thank you, Dave. Yeah, you know, thank you, Dave, yeah. for for holding in there, uh, and even getting a little like, getting a little sassy. Like, who, who who am I supposed to bring in? And Dave's like, uh, Minter. Yeah. Well, he was. <laughs> I, I think the quote was like, I can think of a handful of guys, yeah, and then yeah. started naming a couple. Uh, and mm-hmm. then Snit hits him back with, you know, well, if I just use all these guys, they'll be, they'll, you know, they'll be cooked essentially come around mm-hmm. uh, playoff time. And it's, it's just one of those like, but use them there, use them there. Now, two nights from now, when it's their like scheduled time and you're winning by four don't use them then, you know, then go to a guy who, if you give up a run, you still got some, some wiggle room, some like, like, you know, it's just, just, just use your, how, (laughs) how, how am I seeing this as a fan? Like, what am, what am I missing here as a media member or as a fan that you are seeing differently? Because what I feel like I'm seeing from Brian Snicker is, um, you know, save them at all costs, and mm-hmm. keep them on a uh, a schedule that um, they are as healthy as they can be by the postseason. However, as we all know, if you don't win enough games during the regular season, your postseason becomes a lot more difficult. Uh, and I think that's what's frustrating about the crew, that the group of people on social media who are like, hey, you know, um, 
don't question Brian Snicker. Like, we're still earlier in the season. Those same people come August are going to be like, well, you know, if we only had a couple more games go our way, then uh, maybe we wouldn't mm-hmm. be in the position that we're in or, or, or whatever be the case. <laughs> you know, it, it's just like you you have to know that these games matter. Otherwise, you wouldn't be playing them. Other, If you tell me that these games in April don't matter, then we shouldn't be playing 162 games. Mm-hmm. That's a separate conversation. Sure. But, yeah, it's just that that's kind of where I, I get to this point. Um, and it's it's strange with how Snicker does that. And I'm glad when I see guys like Dave O'Brien push back on some, like, all right, well, at least help me understand. And it seems like Brian Snicker's reasoning is, I want these guys to stay healthy and rested. Yeah. Uh, Caleb, we got some breaking news happening right now. Uh-oh. The Braves today placed infielder Austin Riley on the paternity list. Ooh. So congratulations to Mr. Riley. Um, I wanted to try to see if I could scare you a little bit. <laughs> you did. <laughs> when they, he, they placed Austin yeah. Riley on the maternity list. Well. So, yeah. Tra- Travis and Merritt will be coming up from AAA. Um, just thought I'd throw that in there. Okay. Uh, um, I, I was just about to say, uh, and this is one of those, this is also one of those fun, cover- that's not a fun conversation. A conversation that I see pop up is like the professional athletes should schedule their uh, their kids <laughs> yeah. in the off season. Yeah. How dare yeah. you? How dare you <laughs> schedule your children to be born when I want to see my team win? Uh, Come on, think about the team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's I think it's more reasonable for baseball players <laughs> because they play 162. That it's kind of like I mean, honestly, when I mean, Riley, Riley thought we'd still be locked out. At yeah, this point, so yeah, you know, who, who can who can blame him? Who yeah, blame but c- congrats, um, uh, Frost and Riley. Sorry, I kind of derailed no, us a little fine. bit there. Um, I, I did want to just kind of bring it back real quick. I, I wanted to kind of defend Snickers' position a little bit here, not necessarily because I personally defend it. Although I do understand his perspective, but I just want to kind of put it out there for listeners to understand where he's coming from, which is that the way he sees it, first of all, you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. So one of the big problems that people had with that particular situation was that the whole bullpen was basically available to to, to pitch in that game. Mm-hmm. There, were, there was no arms that were off the table at that point. So you have your whole allocation of bullpen arms, and we know the Braves have some good ones. Um, but the, what Snicker, from his point of view... He's got two games left, and I think, honestly, then having the off day makes us even a little bit more indefensible, but I'm going to continue to try. I'm going to try and defend him for the sake of an interesting uh, conversation anyway. Um, You know, he just did it. The way he sees it is that he wants his top guns to be available to lock down wins. Um, And the, the reason that you have pitchers like Sean Newcomb and other pitchers are to come into some of these situations, especially early in games, because he wants those top guys to have a certain rhythm and a certain timing of, you know, they, they know when they're going to be getting used in games and it all fits kind of into their daily routine. And I think that that's where he's coming from talking about the burnout of, Oh, well, if I use these guys in the fourth inning randomly and they don't know it's coming every, you know, every so often, um, you know, they'll be out of form, out of rhythm later on in the season, maybe even burned out to the point that he was making. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with, with, with that. I mean, I still think that you need to bring in arms in crucial situations that, you know, that was a very much a game deciding situation, maybe not game deciding, but extremely influential moment of the game that, that really did end up swinging the tide. And 
it's just a shame that you didn't have somebody out there better than Newcomb. But, you know, you, you do need other pitchers to perform. Ideally, Newcomb was in a good spot lefty on lefty against Freddie Freeman. But you also you have other lefties you could have thrown at him. You could have thrown Minter or Matzik or, you know, pick, pick your lefty. I mean, the Braves have a bunch of good ones in their bullpen. So I understand where Brian Sicker's coming from, but I also agree with you overall as to that particular situation. I just felt like... The, especially Newcomb with the struggles that we've already talked about him having um, just never felt good. And it kind of had a, the ending that I think we all unfortunately were expecting. Well, if I'm completely honest, it was the one time that I actually felt bad for Sean Newcomb because I Mm. thought he was set up for failure um, Mm -hmm. versus some other situations he could have been put in. Uh, Now it's still, indefensible in a way that like Sean Newcomb comes in that game and he just looked scared. You talk about pitching around Freddie Freeman to walk him. Like he looked like he didn't want to be the one who gives up the home run. And it's like, I'm sorry, unfortunately you're in a situation you've got to fake it till you make it. Uh, and he hadn't been able to fake it. Uh, and you know, it, it, it's end of the road. And as we said earlier, you know, I mean, I hope he, is able to find it in the rest of his career. Um, however, I, I think we're in a position now, Joe, uh, kind of touching back on on some outfielders we were talking earlier. How long do you keep bringing Alex Dickerson along? I, I, you know, it was kind of a guy that you took a flyer on the offseason. Um, I'm one that I don't know if you saw on the show sheet, Joe. I put a name in there that's been real popular that... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm going to make a hot. I think it's a hot take. I don't know that it's really that hot of a take. Um, I think this year, the blockbuster move that Alex Anthopoulos makes is not trading for someone, but bringing up someone within the farm system. Um, uh, Michael Harris. I think he's a guy who, in Mississippi, has been tearing the cover off the ball. I think he's batting like 336 if I if I remember that correctly I put in there. Yeah, 366. He's batting uh so far early in the season, 9 RBIs, uh a 932 OPS. Like he is performing really well uh and I just wonder I think we forget how little Eddie Rosario actually played for the Braves last year. <laughs> um like Eddie was the heroic guy who stepped up in some big moments um but i don't even know how many games eddie rosario even started uh well do you remember yeah do you remember when they traded for him he didn't even play for a while no like he was he only played he, 33 uh, he games was playing in gwinnett for a while yeah i think yeah. i think he only played 33 games for the braves last year uh, and i don't know how many of those he actually started it was more of like he was coming in as a pinch hitter or um late inning defensive replacement sort of thing, which is funny to say now, uh, you know, after, <laughs> yeah. after missing, I heard you on Dukes and Bell the other day, talk about like, that was one of the worst uh, errors you've ever seen. Just for the fact that, that you're right. It was like, terrible. He camped under it and he dropped it. Like, like and that happened to me when I was a kid and I get like hit off, it like hit off the tip of my glove and then hit me in the eye, you know, yeah. like, thankfully for him, it didn't hit him in the face, but like, my God, like that was just, brutally bad yeah it's one of those like i know we're all waiting around for ronald acuna to come back and especially when acuna performs like he did last night in his in his first time out um you know professionally this year we all get really excited but 
I think there's still going to be an issue there, even when Acuna comes back, that makes me go, okay, I know what the Braves are doing with Michael Harris and having him play down in Mississippi. Like, he's a guy that they want to have team control on for years to come, and so saving that if they don't have to use it. However, it feels like it it's about that time that they're going to have to break the emergency glass and and pull the lever yeah uh like we were talking about earlier in the show you never want to make too much out of a small sample size and all that all those disclaimers aside this eddie rosario situation does not look good and you know he was signed on a two-year 18 million dollar contract and right now i gotta be honest with you caleb this nine million dollars a year he's on feels a lot like the nine million that Ender Enciarte was on, like toward the end of his yeah. stint. You know, it felt like that kind of contract where, man, like you you sign him for a certain amount with the expectation that he would be giving you a certain amount of production on the field, and it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. Um, I don't know. You know, again, maybe, maybe he'll he will turn around, but you do look at the just the minimal amount he's played for for the Braves, which I hadn't really honestly considered until you just brought it up here, Caleb, but he only had 96 at bats last year yeah. for the Braves. So, it's kind of crazy. So, with that said, you know, Caleb, you mentioned him, Michael Harris, the stats he's been putting up. It should also be be said that he's doing this in Mississippi, which is by all accounts like the hardest place to hit a baseball yeah. in the world. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's like like, or at least in this country, it's like the hardest place to hit. Um, I don't know how many. Um, they haven't played all their games down in Mississippi, but um, it's still it's impressive and it's undeniable what Michael Harris is doing. And I agree with you. I think that it's the easiest option for them um, to find a solution to some of these problems they've been having when you look at the outfield defense, the hitting at the bottom of the order, all those kinds of things. So I agree with you, and I don't think they should be shy to call him up either because by all accounts, he's a guy who is going to be a major league player at some point sooner rather than later. And so even if you do come in, you know, you, you bring him up, but you send him down a little bit later maybe for some reason, we know Acuna is coming back from the team, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, you know, that's fine. Like you can start his clock. You can, you're not going to run through his options. You know, I, I don't think like you, you can use this year as an option year for him. Maybe next year is an option year for him, but like in general, he will be a long-term mainstay. It sounds like with the Braves. So, um, I'm with you. I would love to see him called up again. He hasn't even been to triple a, uh, so, you know, I don't know if the Braves have question marks on that front, but I certainly wouldn't have question marks. Just when I see him play the highlights, he looks like the exact kind of player that the Braves could really use out there in their, out their outfield right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's one of those, maybe I'm pushing for it too soon, but... I, We're kind of reacting to this need, as just like kind of fans, essentially. Yeah, I just, I just need something to change. Uh, and yeah. obviously... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. 
You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The big change, what we've been alluding to, is Ronald Acuna is going to come back sooner rather than later. Uh, it sure seems like that, what is it, May 6th date? May 6th, Is yep. Is what they're circling. Um no, it's not going to be any earlier than that, I don't think, you know, <laughs> even with the fact of, you know, I mean, Acuna looked great last night. And then, of course, of course, he does my favorite thing ever, ever for a player who's experienced an injury. I think I'm stronger than I was before. You know, yes, I'm, I'm yes, coming. Best shape of his life. Best, best shape, shape of, his of his career. Best shape of his life. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's funny because it's one of those. Maybe Ronald, you're just working out the most that you ever have. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, like I, mean, I mean, that's like the thing about Ronald that that um, he's got a lot of testosterone pumping through the system right now. He's <laughs> yeah. been, he's, he's he's been doing a lot of upper body. Yeah, you know? well, it's a lot of chest and arms. Exactly. You know, like I, I I I I love him to death. I don't think he's necessarily the most mature individual, and I know that always makes me sound like such a a. a I, like I'm anti Ronald Acuna or anything okay, like boomer. Yeah, exactly. okay boomer yeah you know I, I I feel so bad like being like that but I it just um seeing what he did yesterday and what he I'm sure he's going to continue to do with Gwinnett uh is no reason to be like okay next week I mean yeah, yeah. bring him up next week you know Which no literally what I was asked this morning yeah well, I see if he could come back next week. I'm not surprised, yeah. and and because it, it's it's one of those like, well, you're only talking about holding him out one week longer than that, and it's like, yes, but how about let's follow a deadline, let's follow a game plan. Um, I'm not like this is so far different from like a Mike Soroka situation or anything like that, so there's no need to make those comparisons. But it's just like you have a a date, stick with it, and and let him build up his body and his endurance uh, as as he plays lesser competition. Let's remember that these are literally his first swings of the season. Like yeah. these are, this is his first game action of the season. This is his this is his spring training. Yeah. And I think that that's why they pl- kind of planned it for 3 weeks cuz that's like a solid spring training for a lot of there hitters, you, you know? So I think that that is reason alone why you would want to keep him down there just to get him in a good rhythm. Um injury aside, I mean just to reflect on that, I mean, he looked good. Like the knee looked good physically. He does look solid, and he had a nice uh, ringing double that was nearly a homer uh, last night in his first game, <laughs> yeah. which would have been incredible for him to if he would have hit a home run. I can't imagine what the reaction would have been, but still, it, in, extremely encouraging signs from him. I think that that's the biggest point to make about Ronald, Ronald at this point is that physically he looks good, mentally he sounds good. Um, I think he's extremely happy. I saw there was like pictures. He was hanging around for a long time after the game, yeah. signing autographs for fans and stuff awesome. last night, which is always great to see. 
Um, I do want to mention something about, you know, like ye, people talking about his immaturity or whatever. That's like, it's while there's obviously a negative side to that, it's also one of the reasons we love him. I know. I, you know, I, I, it's like, and, and it's one, it's kind of part of what makes him, him as a player, you know, it, it, it it's, he's, he plays so freely and with a, a real kind of character that, um, no, no other major league leaguer has. It's like unique to him, the way he plays the game, which is so fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good I, I, about whether he might come back early. I think it's possible he could come back before May 6th if he's playing really well, if he looks great. Maybe they do something with him around the time where rosters get trimmed on May 2nd. That's why I was kind of curious. I was, kinda, I guess be, just because of the way the schedule aligns is why they said the 6th. But I could see him coming back on the 2nd if maybe it makes some roster adjustments easier or beneficial to the team in one way or another. But beyond that, I would not expect anything. Um, let him be. Leave him be. Be extremely grateful to the Lord above that Absolutely. he's able to come back on May 6th after having had surgery in late July and, last year. And so May 6th also lines up with a homestand that the Braves would then start. Uh, I think that's important too. I it, People may say, well, it doesn't matter. Get him back as soon as he can. Um, I think there is something important to making his first game back be at home in front of the fans. Uh, mm. There was a there was a something that was a a little mishap, I will say, on opening day, where I think he should have been at the stadium to get his recognition for for what he did for that World Series team last year. Mm. Even though he wasn't on the field, you know, he was obviously injured. It was a total mistake. He was at the stadium that yeah. day. He just was just he was just told he could go home, so that's what he did. He didn't even realize that they were going to be doing that thing. Yeah, and you have to imagine like the staffer that told him that. You know, probably not in really the position to give yeah, those wasn't, orders. Yeah, wasn't thinking about pregame ceremonies. Yeah. yeah, there was probably, a, I think it was probably a trainer that was like, all right, you're done, you're good to sure. go, you know, and so. But it's also one of those, so like he hasn't been able to be at home at Truist Park to get the love and recognition that he deserves. Yeah. And so I would just, it makes sense that you want to, you want to wait until you get a homestand um, before, you know, having that moment for him, uh, which is why you're going to, you know, wait until all the way until that Friday. Caleb, I'm really curious because this is only the tip of the iceberg in terms of, oh, well, we sh he should be coming back now. You know, think about like, let's say in a week, let's say the Braves have kind of a down week. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. But let's let's say or let's say maybe they win some games, but like Rosario is still not hitting or they, you know, there's some ca catastrophes defensively out there. And Acuna is hitting, has hit like two homers in his last two games, and is like just looking amazing. Like I feel like this is only the beginning yeah. of what is going to just like continue to snowball this in terms of just the the dialogue and the Twitter oh, yeah. sphere around the team, you know, wanting him back. So brace yourself, brace yourself for those urges. And I have the urges as well. Like don't get me wrong. Like I'm not here to like scold anybody for for, for like feeling like they want Ronald Acuna. <laughs> Uh, in the team like I do too yeah. and it's going to be hard to wait these three weeks but at least we get to watch him play baseball somewhere absolutely um, I think the exciting thing now is that you know we have a homestand coming up with some very winnable games uh, specifically the Marlins and the Cubs coming up it, it feels mm -hmm. like this is a good time to get the ball rolling 
Yeah, start winning series. Go on that. It, what the Braves almost consistently always do is they go on a run of just like winning series, winning series after series after series. So this is a great opportunity for that. Absolutely. Anything else you want to get to, Joe, before we get out of here? Uh, we can get out of here. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Batter Up. For my co-host, Joe Patrick, I'm Caleb Johnson. Have a good one. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.